Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. The transition from one pastor to another can be unsettling as a parishioner. It can be that much more difficult when you're on staff. Jean Pankow lived through that transition, and to make matters worse, her new pastor signed up for coaching. Jean's story is both entertaining and insightful. Enjoy this episode. Lift off and the clock has started. Our guest today is Jean Pankow. I got to know Jean because she was involved with one of the first churches I had an opportunity to coach and grow with, and she was on the leadership team. So we've developed a wonderful friendship as I've watched them grow and deal with different challenges. And Gina, it is a treat to have you on the show today. Thanks, Ron. I am so excited and, and honored to be here and to be a part of this effort of yours. It's uh, it's very exciting. So thank you. You're welcome. And one of the fun things about this podcast for me too, is we get to mark your retirement from ministry. And so you've been working in ministry, doing great things, but all good things come to an end. And I'm just rejoicing with you and celebrating with you, your time at the parish, the impact you've been able to make and how God's used you. But what do you share for our listeners? How long were you in church ministry for? But also maybe what were you doing before you got into church ministry? I have been in this position at Notre Dame of Mount Carmel for 14 years uh, this May, this month, 14 years. Uh, prior to that, I owned a business, a medical communications company for about 20 years in partnership with a dear friend and loved the business, um, learned an enormous amount. We developed a lot of uh, Materials you probably used in your day, Ron, literature that salespeople use to sell products to hospitals and doctors, yes. a lot of patient education material. And we very much worked with teams of creative people, marketing people, market research people. I loved the blend in that business of the science, the people because you had to work in teams and with clients and the creativity, you know, developing creative materials that weren't just pretty to look at, but were effective in, in selling products. And I used to sell drugs. So I very much probably did use some of your stuff yeah. as I was in the pharmaceutical yes. industry for 15 years. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. So let me ask you what, how did that transition take place? in terms of being a business owner and then coming into ministry? What did that look like? At the time, going back to 1997, which was when I joined this parish, um, I began to volunteer and, and get involved in various areas of ministry. And the pastor, who at the time was a very charismatic Benedictine monk, had to have been quite visionary, because this is a guy out of a monastery. He saw in me, he got to know me as I got more involved in ministry. He saw in me, he would watch me lead meetings, lead initiatives, 
And he saw in me strengths and talents that he felt could be put to work for the parish. And at the time, we had about 650 families. And we were embarking on a period of just exponential growth here. So I think he viewed me as someone who could help manage and um, and continue this explosive growth. So I loved the parish. I had gotten to know a lot of people through my work in ministry. And it, I was finding at one point I was spending more time on work for the church that I was <laughs> on my business. And my partner was older than I was. He retired. And so it wasn't as much fun anymore. So I was in mass on a Sunday and heard a gospel that's very familiar to most of us it's about the rich man who approaches Jesus and asks, what must I do to earn eternal life? And Jesus responds by saying, well, you must live a righteous life, keep my commandments. And the young rich guy, he's feeling pretty good at this point because he has lived a righteous life. So Jesus says, but that's not all. You must sell everything you own and come follow me. And for my entire life, Ron, anytime I heard that gospel, I completely dismissed it because it struck me as completely unrealistic. Mm. Here I was, a single woman, supporting myself. I'm supposed to sell everything I have in order to follow Christ. On this particular Sunday, and this was after this pastor had invited me to consider coming on staff. You heard this gospel after he invited you? After he invited me, and I'm going through this discernment, I'm sitting in church and I hear this gospel proclaimed. I knew afterward that the Holy Spirit had come upon me and had opened my ears and heart to hear it differently. And I realized in the hearing at that time that what Jesus meant was separate yourself from anything in your life that's keeping you from me. So I understood that it wasn't meant to be taken literally. And it was that following week that I made the decision to accept the invitation and come on staff. And the first three months were, you know, were challenging. I went from this busy, crazy world where the F-bomb was thrown around every five minutes. <laughs> the client wants it when? <laughs> you know, this dynamic, very alive environment to this quiet church place. Now, at that time, the only people who, were, who had a title, pastoral associate, were typically deacons and nuns. Right. And their main responsibility was adult faith formation. Sure. Well, this guy who brought me in, he got me involved in every aspect of parish life and staff. And I was so excited about this because I was able to transfer knowledge and skills 
what made it challenging initially was that the other people on staff didn't completely understand what my role was supposed to be because it was a new role right. that he was creating and he wanted to let it evolve. So very exciting. I had an amazing nine years working with this pastor during the nine years, the parochial vicar, his associate, who was a beloved priest, was in the middle of the night pulled out of the parish because of an abuse allegation. And so there, this trauma occurred. He was known and, and dearly loved by many people. He had to go back to the abbey because under the Dallas Charter of the church, even an accusation before anything is proven means the priest must be removed from ministry. So we spent about a year in a real, in, in turmoil and upheaval. And so that was definitely a huge bump in the road. And about four years after that, this pastor, this charismatic pastor who had shepherded the parish for 18 years, retired. So people were, this was announced to the parish and I was running a ministry leader meeting right after this was announced. It was a Saturday morning and it turned out because I had great helpers, just amazing people. A group of about eight of us was the team who put this event together. And it was a whole morning on Saturday. It was spectacular. It was moving, inspiring, energizing, everything you would hope it would be. And again, prompted by the Holy Spirit, I got up to the, at the end of the gathering, I got up to the podium and said, how many who are here believe that Christ has been present with us this morning. Well, everyone, everyone. How many believe that when Father Jude leaves us, Christ will abandon us? That same Christ will abandon us. That one hand went up, Ron. So this was the Lord's way of demonstrating to this faith community when Father Jude left that it's not about who's sitting in the corner office, mm. much as it is about the community itself, the depth of faith, the willingness of people to accompany and support each other. Mm. And so what people initially viewed as a traumatic, sad event help many people understand and appreciate the value of community and the importance mm -hmm. of community in the life of faith. I love that. That was, that was inspired moment in your leadership. Let me ask yeah. you something. So, so that, you know, I'm sure there's people listening going, yeah, that happened to me or, oh gosh, that's going to happen probably soon. Cause we're in the same boat, but you know, Father Patty is the, so I didn't know the previous priest. And I'm learning all kinds of things about you this morning. That's why I love doing these podcasts because I get to learn all kinds of things I didn't know, even from people I thought I knew well. Uh, so this is great. But 
so Father Patty comes in. That must have been a shift, a big shift. Like when you work in a parish and yeah. you work with somebody who's brought you in, who's mentored you, who's discipled you, and then somebody new comes in, that must be hard. And then, and how long was he there before we connected in terms of coaching? Under Father Jude, uh, we had read the book Divine Renovation, ah. and it has happened with we had read Rebuild, yes, and then unpacked it as a staff. Then we read Divine Renovation, unpacked it, but then, it, like so many of the great books that we read as a group, we never came up with anything actionable. It never really went anywhere. It was great discussion. Yes. So Father Jude left, Father Patty came on board and he made it known early on that he was passionate about divine renovation and the whole concept of it. So we said, yeah, we've read that book. We think it's great too. Shortly after that, he made a decision to go up to Halifax. I'll never forget that. To spend a week because he wanted to see it in action. He wanted to meet the people. He wanted to sit in on meetings. He wanted to experience the template. Gene, can I just inject something in this story? Because it's so funny what people don't know. Like at, at St. Benedict Parish, as we were leading out of a team, our, our leadership team meetings were so much fun. Like we would literally meet for four hours in a row. Like most people just poke their eye out and be at a four hour meeting, but they were so dynamic and so fun. Father Patty and Father Ed actually happened to be visiting that same week. And they sat in on what is unquestionably the most explosive, horrible, awful leadership team meeting we ever had like what what like like it was it was a train wreck of a leadership team meeting like it was explosive emotions were high confusion was rampant because we had something that we were dealing with and we have these two priests visiting from out of town honestly company and and you know what's so crazy about it is both of those priests ended up joining the network and, and receiving coaching. And I'm thought, thinking, why? Like that, we're just awful. Like that was terrible. And what came out of it, which I thought was so amazing, they said, we've never seen people be that honest with each other, talk to the pastor like that and work through things together. Never seen yeah. that. And uh, and it's like, well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> wasn't our finest hour, but even the very fact that we could engage in very heated debate. And even when we're upset and it's like, wow, like that was actually healthy, even though it was very difficult and they got to witness it. So anyway, I just want to share that because it was funny. Well, he, he did mention that, but <laughs> he probably unbeknownst to you guys at St. Benedict, yeah. he like, I'm sure Father Ed appreciated the fact that you were able to speak with such brutal honesty with each other. And so Father Patty came away seeing that as being a value that was not something typical in church life. Right. We're all so, polite and nice to each other, right? Right. So when he came back, he very wisely, knowing that Jude had been this charismatic leader. Oh, I'm just going to stop you for a sec. You have hands on your microphone, so it's making a sound. Oh, so sorry. There we go. Yeah, no, that's okay. This thing keeps falling out. Okay. okay. Yep. 
Um, Father Patty decided to spend his first year pretty much observing. He didn't want to make any huge changes. It was very smart of him because we had a pronounced culture here, positive culture. But he was overwhelmed. He came from a small, quiet parish. He couldn't believe that the leaders here actually took ownership of their ministries and the service provided by their ministries, that he didn't have to guide things. The leaders took it upon themselves to do that. So, but the only thing he did do was make a decision. First thing he did was form a team, a leadership team. So he chose three of us on staff who were in key positions on staff and were people he felt he could trust and who had knowledge of the parish. And it happened to be three women. Yay. (laughs) All I could think was good for him. I mean, the guy is bucking the trend, right? So he picked three of us women and then the parochial vicar we had at the time was a very traditional uh, arch-conservative Polish guy, very young, did not buy in at all to the concept of divine renovation. And he had no qualms, thankfully, about admitting that to Father Patty. So Father Patty couldn't bring him onto the leadership team, but just would not have worked. So initially it was Patty and the three of us gals so that was the first leadership team. And then we ended up getting a new parochial vicar. A couple of years later. And he was a great guy. He has become a military chaplain. So he's no longer here, but a wonderful young priest. He was part of the leadership team. Our faith formation person, Yvette who you remember, great person. But when we started to transform our whole faith formation program and move it from a classroom-based catechesis model to a family gathering-based evangelization-driven model, the degree of pushback from families was off the chart. So for Yvette, she just temperament-wise, it wasn't something she felt she was called to do long-term. So after a year or two, um, she wisely stepped aside. Mm-hmm. And we now have a new faith formation person. And that was a that was not just difficult for her and her role. That was difficult for all of you because as you yeah. guys led change like that, none of you were used to that type of a pushback. So all yeah. of you had to learn how to actually stick with decisions that were made, uh, really own the impact of those decisions, mm-hmm. and work through heated resistance. And that was not fun for any of you. No, no. It was very stressful, but I think when it comes to coaching, 
when we first began being coached, it was the three of us women, staff people, and Father Patty. And we didn't know what to expect. We had no idea. And you asked a couple of profound questions. I think I still have the recorded version. (laughs) But I can't believe what some of our answers were. We didn't quite know where you were coming from, what you were looking for. Um, But after a couple of sessions, I'll never forget the power of your coaching us into Strength Finder. Each of us did the assessment, and the coaching you provided on that was absolutely brilliant. In that, you asked each of us to think about our top five strengths, to select the two that we felt we related to most closely and why, and then most crucially, what happens? Describe for me what happens when your achiever strength goes into overdrive. So that forced you to envision a scenario like being in a meeting with people and the impact on those people of your strength being in overdrive. So bottom line was you had to go through a brutally honest assessment (laughs) of yourself based on those strengths. And the bottom line of that coaching into StrengthsFinder is that each of us came away from that with much, much greater insight into ourselves, how we're hardwired, how God is calling us to serve based on those strengths. And also, very importantly, a huge appreciation for each other that we did not have prior to that. Wow. It was just worth its weight in gold. Let me ask you something, Jean. Like, so you came from you know a successful business owner, dynamic environment, high pressure, high performance. You know, what was your take on on getting some coaching from uh, at church level from from an outside organization? Like, is that initially I had my concerns. What do you mean, consultants? <laughs> All you had to do in my business life was mention the word consultant. <laughs> and I would, my negative vibes would start to. It was the most positive experience in leadership that I have ever had. And I think because we had. We had unpacked the book, Divine Renovation and embraced the whole concept of it. And the fact that the coaching was being done by people connected to divine renovation, it it just made a lot of sense. And in addition, having someone who's not part of the parish help you assess honestly how you're doing, what you could be doing more effectively um, is invaluable. 
It was so much more valuable than us sitting around a table trying to assess ourselves, Mm. which you just can't do as honestly. And you can't do it without creating a certain degree of defensiveness and, you know, emotion. True. Yeah, Yeah. that's a good point. You guys are certainly so much fun. And of course, Father Patty's crazy as the birds. He's just so funny and, and gregarious. And- well, he's he, he's great because thinking of his top five strengths, he's got empathy, positivity. And I'll never forget when you asked him, what happens when your strengths go, go into overdrive? I was screaming inside, I can't make a decision. Because he wants to make everybody happy. But he said, I'm really not very good at detail. And you were so diplomatic. You were so diplomatic, Ron. But that was the great thing about your coaching. It was honest. It was effective. But it was always charitable, Mm. empathetic, and kind. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. That was fun. What was it like for you, Gene? Because, you know... I know sometimes when I work with new parishes and that happens all the time, doing a ton of great, fun, exciting work right now. And what a new, a lot of new clients. And, uh, and when people know that the pastor's working or the pastor and his team, or, you know, cause a lot of them will be forming teams for the first time. A lot of them, cause I, I remember that's why I asked that question to teach tongue in cheek. Cause I know in the beginning you're like, what? <laughs> we don't need anybody's help. <laughs> I just loved it. Of course, we become great friends and we had such a good time together. But, you know, there are probably other people too in the pews and very competent people like yourself just saying, you know, listen, we're not stupid. We know how to read a book and follow, you know, and and make our own decisions. Um, What was it like for you to have been a part of this previous leadership and, and, and all that that meant? And then evolve into this and really own something new. Like that takes a, that's not easy to embrace that level of, of newness and different ways of doing things. Like, what was that like for you? You just, are you the type of person that embraces change easy? So therefore it was like, tell me a little bit about that. I love change. Aha. Okay. I really do. And for me, you know, having worked with this guy, the previous pastor for nine years, And he was just a 150 miles an hour like I am. So I loved working for this guy. Um, But I was getting tired, you know, after nine years and this explosive growth. And he was tired. He was ready to retire. Then Father Patty comes in. And all of a sudden, we make this right turn Mm. off the path. and. I started out feeling kind of tired. I ended up completely re-energized. No way. Totally re-energized by the whole concept of going on mission. I saw it as a next phase of growth, really. Um, I knew I would have to get to know him and his style and in order to be able to support him. Yes. Uh, So that took a little bit of adjustment. Uh, But he's such a wonderful people-oriented kind of guy. He was very empathetic. 
to those of us who had been on staff in terms of our having to adjust to him. Yes. And much less demanding than the previous pastor. I felt myself just, ah. Right. <laughs> Maybe the other guy wanted it a week ago. And Patty, his approach was, you get it to me when you can get it to me. You want to work hard for somebody like that. You want to support them. You want to do your best. But some of the logistical pressures were eased. Right. Because his style was different. It was God at work is the only explanation I can come up with, Ron. This feeling of being energized. I viewed Father James's book as so revolutionary. It turned upside down my whole view of church, the mission of the church, our role in the church as members of it. And it that's why I hate to even use the word retire at this point in my life, because I don't believe once you become a disciple, you never retire from mission. Amen. And I've been exploring churches down in the Nashville area where I'm going to be moving. And I'm sure there are some nice communities, but for the most part, they seem inward focused and pretty much hierarchical. I don't see alpha on any website. And so I believe that the Lord is simply sending me to a new mission field. Amen. To take whatever I've learned and experienced here and put it to use wherever I go there. I might and I hope know that somebody. Happens. Let's talk after this because I might know somebody in Nashville who's trying. Mm. Um, and boy, you'd probably, they'd probably really enjoy having you. Uh, so, uh, but I have to place that. So anyway, let's talk yeah, after yeah, the yeah. podcast because okay. I'm thinking if I can connect you to some people, I'm going to, because that would be so exciting. I think we're always on mission and that doesn't mean working for a parish. Right. It doesn't mean being in a paid position on a staff. Whatever you're doing, whether you're a consultant, whether you're doing a faith sharing group at the parish, there's so many ways to be on mission. You can be in the workplace. I would give my eye teeth, if I were younger, I could do it, to go back into the business world right, and be on mission. Right. Yes. I love it. Listen, I love country music. And when you get settled down there, uh, I have a loft. I'm going to be sleeping on your coach. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm going to be out late. I would love it. Tonks. I would love it. We're going dancing. You know, I have a musician brother, Ron. I don't know if I ever told you this. He is the trombonist in the band Chicago, and they've been around for decades and decades. Are you serious? You probably know a lot of their music. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And he lives in Nashville and another sister lives in Nashville. So four of the nine of us will be living within driving distance from each other. You must be excited. Yeah. That's going to be great. I'm already, we had 20 different virtual faith sharing groups during Lent on every conceivable topic. 
And, you know, as Jesus said, you can't preach in the town you're from. People aren't going to listen to you. And again, it was the Holy Spirit. I created a flock note that listed this entire menu of opportunities for Lent. And I thought, gee, I never really talk about what I do with my eight siblings. Not in depth, anyway. We're all busy. And I thought, nobody can go anywhere because of COVID. Why don't I just throw this out and see if any of them would be interested? And three of them jumped on the opportunity. One brother, who's an actor, was in three different virtual group. I mean, it was just <laughs> heavenly. It's, that's, that's mission. That's mission. And it's, it can start right in our own home. Amen. Amen. Jean, what a treat it was to have you on the show today. You are an absolute gem. I think the world of you. I'm so excited for you. I, I just love your heart. I love your passion. And I hope our listeners, I, there, though there's so many people, actually just before we get on the call, uh, somebody who's in business is discerning their call to work in a church. And and there are so many churches. When a church is on fire and missional, we need Gene Pankow's in every church in the world. We really do. And so, and here's the deal. Gene, there are Gene Pankow's in every church in the world. But this pastor that recognized the gifts in you, he's a hero. To be able to yeah. see that in you and to cultivate that and to recognize mm -hmm. it and to bring it forward and to call it forward. Um, and, and I really appreciate your ability to adapt to a new pastor. And then the whole idea of divine renovation and receiving coaching. I'll always smile at that. Uh, and, and, <laughs> I just, it's just a, a great story for a hundred different reasons. Ron, it's just been such a pleasure working with you was one of the great gifts in my path as a leader, whether it's leadership within the church or leadership any place, the lessons I have learned, the insights that I gained are absolutely priceless. I will forever be grateful if anyone listening to the podcast wants to chat about any aspect of my journey. Um, I, I would be happy to connect with anyone. How would they get in touch with you? I, they can get in touch with me either by cell phone okay. or the best way is by email and we yeah. could set up a call. Yeah. What's your yeah. email address? It's J Panko, J P A N K O W. Yes. At N D Carmel. That's Notre Dame of Mount Carmel, but it's N D C A R M E L.com. Love it. Do you know what I'm finding too, Gene, is that through the podcast, people have been connecting and reaching out. So if Good. you're enjoying this podcast today and you think, I'd love to talk to Jean, uh, just reach out to her. She's so generous. The whole parish is so generous in helping other churches discern things and answer questions honestly uh, to help you in their decision making. And so I just really encourage you to reach out to, to Jean. Jean, I am going to dust off my cowboy boots. You get settled. Send me okay. a note and we're going dancing. Can't wait. <laughs> God bless you. Thanks, Ron. 
your parish priest is passionate about renewal and you're at a place in your life where you can get deeply and generously involved in the mission at your parish, I encourage you to talk with your priest. Let's make this next chapter of your impact the best chapter. Please take the time to rate the podcast, make a comment, and share with a friend. Thank you for listening. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time, and remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact.